From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, secret thyroid eye disease. I started calling this the toxic tears. They had plenty of tears, yet they were complaining of dryness. First this. As Seen From Here is committed to medical education devoid of hidden industry bias, Dr. Akpek reports research support from Allergan. As Seen From Here reaches ophthalmologists in 98 countries, transfers more than half a terabit of podcasts every month, but the potential audience is much larger. Please tell your colleagues about this free resource flattening the ophthalmic world. And while you're at it, let your residents and fellows know about Open Ophthalmology, a free basic science video podcast already a force in ophthalmic education with 1,800 viewers watching 6,000 video lectures every month. Information wants to be free. Help me give it away. Mrs. Smith is unhappy. She's already been to two ophthalmologists for her persistent dry eye complaints and is no better off for their advice. She tells you about irritation, foreign body sensation, and tearing. Okay, you give your usual explanation about reflex tearing and that this tearing does not mean that her eyes aren't dry. Easy peasy. You get a look through the slit lamp and your confidence starts to wane. Her eyes look a bit more injected than you expected. Her meibomian glands look good enough. She has a reasonable tear pool. Her tears just don't seem to be keeping her eyes lubricated. Maybe there's something else here. Maybe we need Essen Akpek. Essen, welcome to a scene from here. Other than lid retraction and proptosis, what other signs are observed in thyroid eye disease? Episcleral and conjunctival injection um, of the blood vessels overlying the extraocular muscles and um, some um, edema of the conjunctiva as well as superficial episcleral plexus. To what extent do the irritation and surface inflammation result from the underlying autoimmune disease and to what extent do they result from the dry eye? I think it's both. <clears throat> we know that um, inflammatory T cells infiltrate the adipose tissue um, in the orbit and extraocular muscles. Um, I haven't come across any studies um, regarding the conjunctiva, but I have a feeling that the conjunctiva um, itself in these patients are is infiltrated with um, the same inflammatory cells. So they, they mostly have an inflammatory disease affecting the whole entire um, ocular tissue and the orbit, orbital tissue. How much of the dry eye associated with thyroid eye disease is from accelerated tear evaporation from the increased palpebral fissure? And how much of it is real tear underproduction, presumably from infiltration of the lacrimal gland? Right. I suppose it depends on the severity of the disease. Um, any patient who has any significant lid retraction will have breakup time issues and evaporative dry eye syndrome. And, um, and in patients with clinically um, significant thyroid eye disease, lid retraction is, is a very common finding. So I suppose evaporative dry eye syndrome is, is very common due to the inter increase in the increase in the interpalpable fissure um, in these patients. Underproduction is very rare as a matter of fact and it occurs only I think 
um, closer to the end of the disease stage, once there's permanent damage to accessory lacrimal glands, um, you would actually have a decreased production of the tears. Essen, what was the objective of your study? What question did your study seek to answer? Actually, I didn't really have a question at the beginning. Um, I started um, this dry eye clinic at the Wilmar Eye Institute in 2004. Um, actually, the clinic was, it, it started as a ocular surface um, clinic, and I was expecting to see a lot of patients with sick rising conjunctivitis, melting corneas, and uh, all those things that are rare. And what happened is that my clinic got flooded with the dry eye patients. And as I learned more, I, I wondered more about them, and I decided to um, look for things, underlying things. And usually, if you look really hard, you can find, find underlying um, ideologies in these patients. I normally do a, a workup um, on any, um, I'm, I'm sorry, review of systems on everybody that come to my clinic. And uh, based on those things, we started um, working up the patients. And I uh, realized that some of these patients that were coming to my clinic actually had an underlying thyroid eye disease as cause of their dry eyes. So um, once we started learning more about that and identifying the presenting signs, we worked up more patients with um, echography, B-scan, sonogram, and uh, diagnosed more and more patients. At the beginning, I didn't really have an objection, objective. This is, a, this is actually a retrospective study. Um, I just wanted to share our experience at Wilmar with um, other people who might be treating dry eye. Can I get you to describe the design of this study? Well, at the beginning, we really didn't have a study. Uh, we were just, in a way, we were ordering these sonograms based on the patient's signs. And then then we learned more about it and we decided that um, such a little, little retraction and um, hyperemia and edema overlying the extraocular muscles could be signs of um, thyroid eye disease in dry eye uh, patients. So then we started screening all these dry eye patients for those signs and um, then we would order a standardized B-scan sonogram to look for thickening of the muscle bellies, sparing the tendons, of course. Um, we had a, a single uh, masked echographist or a technician who was doing these studies. Um, they weren't aware of the, um, the fact that the patients were being screened just for thyroid. We would order um, uh, B-scan sonogram for thyroid and um, for uh, posterior segment as well. So they didn't really know that we were looking for um, um, thyroid findings. So in a way, they were masked. How did you select which patients would undergo ultrasound, uh, B-scan? Hmm, exactly. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's important. Um, like I said, the, uh, the subtle lid retraction, excessive tearing reported by the patients, not exactly dryness, but excessive tearing, discomfort, redness, subtle lid retraction, and chemosis and hyperemia overlying the extraocular muscles. Those things alerted us to look for underlying problems in these patients. These are the patients that had 
significant punctate epithelial erosions of the cornea, yet they were not all that dry. I, I started calling this the toxic tears. They had plenty of tears, yet they were complaining of dryness. I suppose it's because they have an inflammatory um, reaction on the eye surface, which is causing all the symptoms, probably from all those cytokines and chemokines, yet they're not dry yet. They don't have the Sika syndrome yet. They're mostly inflamed, but not dry, dry. So those are the patients that underwent um, the um, sonography for a diagnosis of thyroid. And now we work them up in terms of, you know, blood workup. We ordered thyroid function tests as well as the autoantibodies in these patients. Was it on the basis of laboratory findings that the diagnosis of thyroid eye disease was made, or, or was it based on a combination of the laboratory findings and the ultrasound findings? I think it was a combination, yes. What were your findings from this study? The, the main finding, I suppose, is that a patient coming in with dry eye syndrome might actually have a thyroid eye disease. And sometimes they don't have a euthyroid thyroid disease. Sometimes they have um, thyroid hormone abnormalities or antibody-positive thyroid disease. So those are the patients that need to be treated systemically. Um, so we would select those patients and send them to rheumatologists um, and endocrinologists. And the rest of the patients might not necessarily have a, a thyroid abnormality. They might just have a localized thyroid eye disease. It's, so, it's something like Sjogren-related dry eye, but the, the rest of the patient is pretty much okay. Those are the ones that don't need to be treated um, systemically, but they... Um, benefit greatly from anti-inflammatory therapy. Essen, what do you make of the unusual preponderance of hypothyroid thyroid eye disease in your study? I'm not exactly sure. The one thing to consider is that we generated a patient list based on ICD diagnosis. So the patients who had obvious thyroid eye disease were not included among these patients. They were not coded as um, just dry eye syndrome. So they were coded as thyroid eye disease people. So those are the patients that were not in this group. Uh, so that's one thing. So it, unlikely that we included any Graves' disease patients, for example, or Hashimoto's. They were coded differently. These are the patients that usually had a um, history of hypothyroidism, just the idiopathic hypothyroidism. They were mostly on exogenous um, thyroid hormones. They did not have any previous history of hyperthyroidism, but I suspect they might have had that before. A, a subclinical, maybe um, subclinical um, Graves' disease, which was maybe burnt out at the time they came in with thyroid, uh, I'm sorry, dry eye symptoms. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm not really sure exactly. How long had patients been symptomatic prior to recruitment in this study? Long time, long time. On average, they had been seen by three eye doctors be before they came to Wilmer um, Dry Eye Clinic. As a matter of fact, most of the patients had already been seen by at least one cornea specialist. Um, so these are the patients that go from doctor to doctor. They bitterly complain of dry eye symptoms, yet when you look at their eyes, they seem to have a little bit of hyperemia, uh, and sometimes my bombing gland dysfunction, but they're wet. 
their eyes are wet. So people um, usually dismiss these patient symptoms. A substantial number of patients had multiple autoimmune diagnoses themselves associated with dry eye. What do you make of this? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, actually, it's very well known that um, Gray's disease um, can be associated with Sjogren's as well. For example, that's very well known. And it's not unusual for a, for a single patient to have more than one autoimmune disease or a, a mixed or um, undifferentiated connective tissue disease. That's not at all unusual. What was your approach to therapy for these patients, and was it any different from your approach to other patients with chronic dry eyes? Yeah, it, it's totally different. These are the patients that don't really need artificial tears. They're already very wet. They complain of epiphora. These are the patients that are very badly inflamed, and they greatly benefit from anti-inflammatory therapies. So, so these are the patients that usually don't require, for example, tear duct plugs or cauterization of their tear ducts. Um, a, a pulse steroid treatment with um, cyclosporin, um, topical cyclosporin, really helps in these patients. Um, they get um, much benefit from that. How common is thyroid eye disease in the general population, and how common was it in your study population? Mm, actually, thyroid disease... Thyroid eye disease is about 20, um, 18 to 20 cases per 100,000 um, per year. So that's not all that common. Um, in terms of our study, um, during a period of two years, we saw about 539 patients. Um, so about 4% of our patients had thyroid eye disease, which is um, much more common than than the 20 cases per 100,000. Under what circumstances should we, should I, work up dry eye patients for thyroid disease? Yeah, it, it's a very good question. Um, I have um, come to believe that um, dry eye patients have almost always have something underlying. Um, sometimes it can be menopause, but usually not just menopause. It could be um, diabetes, it could be Sjogren's, it could be thyroid, it could be a number of things. So if you really carefully do a review of systems in these patients, you will have a direction in terms of which way to go, and especially if a patient has a previous history of hypothyroidism or if they're taking Synthroid. That should um, make you suspicious of thyroid problem as cause of their dry eye syndrome. And if they have the, the subtle findings, such as um, mild lid retraction, especially in patients who have already blepharospheresis, if the lid, the upper lid is um, is not lower than the um, upper part of the limbus, that's a that's a red flag right there. If a patient is um, complaining of dryness, burning discomfort, yet they also say that they get excessive tearing running down their cheeks. That's another um, red flag right there. Um, with the exam, you can actually see the thickening of the extraocular muscles at the silt lamp and that there's this hyperemia mostly localized to the medial or superior rectus muscles and overlying um, chemosis. Sometimes the chemosis in these patients is so bad that it gets diagnosed as conjunctiva chalasis. 
um, which is another condition that can definitely be associated with dry eye, but um, in these patients, the edema of the conjunctiva is a little bit different. There's more fluid underneath the, the conjunctiva than just sagging of the conjunctiva, which would occur in um, in conjunctival chalices. So these are all um, findings and symptoms that should make one be suspicious of thyroid eye disease. Essen, is there anything different that you're doing in your own practice now, having published this study? Yeah, I'm more aware of thyroid, occult thyroid eye disease as cause of dry eye syndrome myself. So I always look for these findings. And with the review of systems, the hypothyroidism, presence of hypothyroidism. So I uh, actively look for it nowadays because uh, it is probably more common than what we reported. If you look more, you can diagnose more patients with these um, underlying diseases. Essen Akpek, thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Josh. Essen Akpek is Associate Professor of Ophthalmology and the Director of the Ocular Surface Diseases and Dry Eye Clinic at the Wilmer Eye Institute in the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. Her paper, Occult Thyroid Eye Disease in Patients Presenting with Dry Eye Symptoms, appears in the April 2009 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Akpek or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.